Hi, everybody. Welcome to the second episode of Riveting Folks with Alex Cumming. Can you believe it's already the second one? I know I'm surprised we made it this far. Today, I am speaking with somebody who is such a blessing to have in my life, somebody I'm very fortunate to have been around for, again, quite some time, Helena Cooper. In this episode, we talk about our friendship, our experience becoming friends throughout high school, what's made our friendship work, how we've experienced being friends in different parts of the country and being apart from one another. And throughout the episode, we continue to go on to talk about Judaism, her faith, her experience going to college in another state, and her experience with university that is a university not of her faith. Throughout the episode, I'm learning along with you. So there are times where I misspeak about things, but she corrects me or I correct myself. So again, take it with a grain of salt because I'm learning along with you. So I hope you enjoy it and please enjoy episode two of Riveting Folks with Alex Cumming this week with Helena Cooper. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second episode of Riveting Folks with Alex Coming Today, I am joined by the immaculate, highly intelligent, very traveled, and very informative Helena Cooper, somebody who I'm very fortunate to be called, to call a close friend of mine for closer to 10 years than not 10 years. That's kind of wild. That is kind of wild. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for being on here. Um, if we want to discuss, if you feel comfortable sharing, can we talk about actually our first interaction yeah absolutely so you this would go for it <laughs> yeah let let's see you tell your side of the story and i'll tell mine and see if they line up so my first memory of good old alex j coming is on the first day of freshman year of high school mm-hmm. we were in a math class together and he was sitting behind me and i don't know how we ended up talking to each other but we did and then i have seen him every day since <laughs> That's our friendship. I can agree with that. Well, I guess it's, I guess, you know, it's kind of a slippery slope because there was a time in school where I was kind of self-conscious about what math class I was in because we were in, is it okay if I, if I spill the beans? We were in honors math. We were in algebra one honors. So we were, we were on grade level, just on grade level, Helena. We can do better than (laughs) that. We're at least above grade level people. Absolutely not. (laughs) We, Helena and I, we, yes. So Helena and I spoke that must've been the first week in class. And the question I asked you was, I don't know how, but in somehow in, in the first week of our freshman year of high school, in a, in an algebra class, we got talking about the, the, uh, the Michael Jackson's brothers. Yeah. Tito Jackson, right? Tito, Tito, Tito <laughs> Jackson. So we were expressing Tito Jackson and Helena turns around. She says, is his name really Tito Jackson? <laughs> and you know what it was Tito Jackson. And in that moment, I looked her in the eyes and I said, Oh God, I'm going to see this girl every day for the rest for like the next <laughs> 10 years, aren't I? And that's math, exactly what happened. That's how it's been rolling. Um, but math, math has been a really like, it's been something that we've sort of bonded over because our, um, our freshman year, we had the same algebra one class, but then I moved out of it. Remember? Mm-hmm. And then sophomore year, we stayed in the same math class, but we were in, we were in different classes or we were in the same, uh, math but different classes but we shared the same professor sorry teacher we did <laughs> so we could discuss class that way and then uh, junior year we were in we you had we had the class at the same time but yours was the room behind mine so at the end of class we would meet up and just be like another day and then another junior day. year is when we started having like actual classes together which i think teachers did not enjoy but we really did <laughs> Yes. Um, we were discussing, so Helena and I have, we went through high school together all four years. Very fortunate. I don't know how I would have made it without her. And I'm pretty sure the feeling is mutual. 
um, on her end. Let me speak for her. But <laughs> we, so Helena and I got pretty comfortable in class, kind of like talking out, kind of like acting up because we were those kids where there are some kids in like classes where it's like when they act up, you're just like, come on, just dude, just like, why are you being crude? But it was kind of like when we would act up, teachers like, oh, Alex, oh, oh, Helena. Yeah, you're right about that one. And then we were also, at least for a little bit, on the debate team together. <laughs> so Helena and I, we, yes, we were in the same math class, but we also were doing theater together at the time because we were one of the few kids. Because it was kind of like, if you start, if you wanted to like rise in the ranks in like our high school theater, you had to start from like day one. So we were some of the few kids that actually were there from like day one instead of like joining sophomore year, junior year. But um, we were also doing, we did the debate team uh, for a very brief period of time, knowing that, yeah, Helena and I can act up and be loud, but might not have, have been our forte looking back in hindsight. But I don't even think it was not our forte. I think we put absolutely zero effort <laughs> into it. And I think one of the only conver conversations, one of the only competitions we went to, Alex and I did like a duet acting speech and debate scene that yes. I think we learned an hour before. And we yeah. placed like eight of 13. So. Do you remember that day? There was, there was a girl I, I ran into and her and I had done a show together but I, I did the show when I was like 15 and this girl did not have a good experience with me in that show when I was 15. So that day, remember in the hallway, she came up to me and she was like, you should just quit acting. Do you remember I that? I totally forgot about that. She was like, she was like, you made that show a hell for me. You should quit acting. Oh my gosh. You don't remember that? Not really. That was, it was, it was crazy. So yes, Helene and I have gone, have been really put through the ringer together. We've had some ups and downs, um, predominantly ups. There's, and I think, I think downs is just like, not sore spots in our friendship, just time when we would not talk to each other, just for whatever reason, like whatever spot we were in life. Mm -hmm. So I find that with, with friendships, when you go through high school together, there's really a bonding thing of just like kids in your class of like the class of 2017 will like forever be connected in some weird way. You don't you agree, disagree? I agree what? and disagree, but I also don't think high school was that like pivotal to my identity. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't the kind of person that like went to football games and did the spirit week and things like that. I had my friend group and the people I hung out with and that was what was important to me. Like the high school itself, I wasn't at all attached to. Well, the only high school football game that um, I like genuinely paid attention, attention to because I really didn't give a rat's behind about football in high school. In hindsight, you know, if you know me now, you know, I just, I, I can't get enough of this stuff. But it was the Edgewater game our junior year. Remember that? We went together, didn't we? We did. It was just you and I in the stands. And for some reason, because at the end it was tied and Edgewater needed to drive the ball down the field to win it. And for some reason, Edgewater like really came back in the fourth quarter. This was our rivalry game, by the way. And th they did. They won it. And remember the Edgewater side, like um, our friend Spencer and his group of people from Edgewater had left because they were like, oh, we lost. But then oh, they won I it do remember that. on like a Hail Mary or something. <laughs> and then everybody was just like, 
oh my God. And it was so crushing. I don't know if you've ever been to a, a football game where you're like, oh, we're going to win. Then we lose. In fact, I experienced one with my beloved UCF Knights the other weekend, but it's just, it is, you just gotta, you just gotta leave. You just gotta like, you just gotta like do something and just like reset. Like that last weekend after UCF came, I came home, laid in my bed, watched Saturday night live and just went to bed. You can't, you can't. So that, I mean, that, that's sort of just a moment that sort of sticks out in our years of friendship, but beyond just like going through high school together, we also had the uh, experience of being bonded through high school theater. Cause that'll really bring some people together. You know, I, th- I think about when like football players, when they get a new coach and they have to like learn a new system and they have to be like, Oh, this is the new playbook and whatnot. It's kind of how it was for us. Cause it was like, it was the same things were going on, but it's like new methods of how they were going on. And we were in, the unique position, especially at our high school, where we went through three different theater teachers in our four years at the high school who all ran it very differently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And at the times we had different levels of like control over it. Cause in like our first years, we were just kind of like along for the ride, but near the end we were like, no, we can, we can, we can steal the, We can steer the sales one way or the other. Absolutely. So if you're anybody listening to this, do high school theater because you'll you'll meet some people and you'll have feelings about them like forever, whether that's really positive or really negative. But it's like it's I mean, some of the moments from high school that we have like the fondest memories of are like from uh, shows we did tra- travels we went on. I was thinking about the, the other day, like how in high school this time of year we would be preparing for like districts or going to like FTC or something. Absolutely. And something else about high school theater is I think I still keep in contact with a few people from high school, but my core group of friends that I went to high school with are people I did theater with, which Mm -hmm. are you and our two other close friends. I think other than that, I don't talk to many people that were in our grade level at our high school. So we kind of connected through that. And this goes back to the friendship topic of when we graduated high school, we had a great time, but after like the summer after our senior year, we just kind of you, me, and I'll and I'll expose them. Elizabeth Thornton and Sydney Matthew Roman. They we just all kind of just hung out, and for some reason, just like kept hanging out like days in a row. And that summer, yeah, I'm not sure how it started, but we would see each other five out of seven days a week. And I mean, is that is that just kind of how like you kind of solidify things? And there must have, there must have been a day or like something where we were just like, like oh crap, this is like. It's like a group, like we're just going to be hanging out a lot. Like, this is it now. These are my friends. (laughs) Yeah. You just, (laughs) you just kind of sit there and you just kind of like emotionally, you're just like, Hmm. Okay. All right. But it's also that like with every friend group, I mean, I have it with some people uh, here at school. I'm sure you have it at your school where it's like, there's dynamics to the group. Um, So it's really that you kind of, you just kind of connect with these people. And a a lot of times, like, I mean, even at UCF, there was one point when I kind of got here, I had people, I was like, oh, do I want to be their friend? Do I want to be their friend? Like, I wanted to be kind of like liked by a lot of people, but then slowly it's kind of like the people that you try to have like you that don't really reciprocate it. You're just kind of like, okay, you kind of wane in and out. And then literally, like I had a friend group at the end of last semester and then going into the spring semester of this past year, I was like, oh, heck yeah. Like we got, we got, we got a friend group going and then COVID hit. And then I think that's a real test, which goes along with college. The transition of friend groups from high school to college is a tough one. Absolutely. Especially when 
you all aren't going to the same school or aren't all staying in the same area or the same state even you i mean even if on even if on the rare chance like i mean there was i mean i remember my like freshman and sophomore year the only, of college the only time i probably the only time you elizabeth matt and myself were all together was christmas thanksgiving uh births yeah. births of children and weddings <laughs> we haven't had either of those yet by the way for the listeners but we're counting on them we're counting on it <laughs> soon so no, i mean Oh, I was going to say what I think was unique about you, me, Elizabeth and Matthew, especially since we're all still so close now is freshman year. Like you stayed in Orlando, Elizabeth left the city, but was still in Florida. Mm -hmm. Matthew went to New York and I went to Israel. So we were pretty much as far apart as we could be. Really putting our friendship (laughs) through the ringer, really trial by fire, (laughs) which uh, speaking of trial by fire, Yes, that really does test like and, and in college it's sort of like between semesters, like over the summer, like how much do you hang out over the summer? You had those friend situations where it's like maybe one of the first times you guys hang out on like a Saturday or like a Sunday and you're like, oh, a friendship is here. <laughs> I remember like last year, like someone invited me over for a UCF game and I was like, you want to be my friend? Like, <laughs> you're inviting me over to like hang out and like watch a game. How cool. So you really put things trial by fire. So if anybody listening, if you have a friend group and you want to really trial by fire, if they bring a significant other around and then you bring them, like the significant other can meet family, can meet siblings, can meet casual acquaintances. But if you bring, if it is like a friend group and you bring the only external person is the significant other, there's some real trial by fire going on. There's some real, like you're really putting their cold feet to the coals. Absolutely. And we've seen that happen a lot in our almost 10 years of friendship. We have. We've, we've seen people come and go, truly people who have lasted and people who haven't. Who can handle? Can you handle the heat? Stay at, <laughs> stay out of the kitchen, the kitchen being the friend group. Yes. So it, it's like if you're bringing people around, sure, you can kind of start and you can be like, oh, well, my name's Alex. I go to UCF. I like acting and theater. But then by the end of the night, you're like, maybe, maybe you had a drink or two and you're just like, man, I really hate when planes fly by <laughs> <laughs> and you're just kind of letting loose. So yes, friends are important in how they develop. Agree, disagree. Agree. Definitely agree. So you had said, Helena, that um, right after your senior year, instead of going directly into university, you took a year off to go to Israel. Can you talk about that experience? Absolutely. So I went on a program for Jewish students who are graduating high school. And on this program, first semester, I was at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem, and I was taking courses in comparative religions and cultures. And then second semester, I I moved to a youth village in Northern Israel. And I lived on top of a mountain in this village. And it was for immigrant high schoolers um, that were immigrating to Israel from foreign countries where they were dealing with anti-Semitism. And so on this youth village, I taught English and I worked in a preschool. So that was my gap year. So going straight out of high school, an American high school, the high school we went to was is probably as American as apple pie and baseball, considering that it's 60 years old. Um, well, I mean, what was that transition like? I know you've been all your life, you've been going through synagogue and growing up, but to really dive in head first. Yeah, it was definitely weird. Um, So my program had about 85 people on it. 
And I would say I was one of the people that was the, I don't want to say the least knowledgeable about Judaism. Cause I think there isn't someone who's the most knowledgeable, but a lot of them spent all their life going to private Jewish school or going to synagogue their whole life. And I didn't start going to synagogue until like fifth grade. And I went to Catholic school and I went to public school. So our exposure to Judaism was very different. And that was the hardest transition, not moving to a foreign country. It was the level of understanding of this religion between me and the other people. Hmm. That's pretty cool. I mean, Israel is really a, is a different way of life than it is here in America, but I'm sure there's a lot of similarities and crossover. So sort of culturally, when you were adjusting there, was there anything that really just stuck out to you? You were like, oh, this is how it rolls. Um, well, actually, this is just kind of silly. The weekends over there are on Friday and Saturday and not Saturday and Sunday. So you think that wouldn't be that hard of an adjustment, but it was definitely weird, like flipping my brain to think about the weekend being Friday and Saturday. So you're, you're like, your week is technically starting on Sunday. Not even technically like Sunday morning over there is like Monday morning here. That is interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> wow. Yes. So your time in Israel, you spent you got to teach and work with young children. Do they, do the kids there have a certain perception of sort of um, Americans or people coming from um, North American cultures? Yes and no. Um, some were really excited. Some were apprehensive to have us come and volunteer. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't the first time my program had gone there. Um, but I was working primarily with French kids because I speak French fluently. So teaching them English was much easier than had I tried to teach the Russian kids English. So you're in Israel speaking French <laughs> to Israeli children trying to, you know, sorry, you're, you're, you're speaking in French to Israeli children trying to teach them English. Yeah. And so what was funny about the program is there were Russian kids too. So if I was tutoring a Russian kid, our common denominator language would be Hebrew, but I didn't speak Hebrew very well. So it's much harder to teach someone who spoke Russian English when there's all of these language barriers but I was put with the French kids because that eliminated the Hebrew barrier because I speak French fluently. So it's just French to English and not French to Hebrew to English, if that yeah. makes sense. Were there any Canadians there, like French Canadians? No, it was, like I said, it was students who were dealing with anti-Semitism in their home countries. Really? So France, wow. um, the former Soviet Union were two of the like biggest populations there. France, is France in the... I'm, I'm not familiar. France is a notoriously anti-Semitic. Uh, uh, it could be. Yes, it is. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I feel like that's there. its whole own podcast episode. <laughs> the the uh, French anti-Semitic episode. We'll, we'll, we'll get around to that. <laughs> it, it'll rear its head again. Wow, I didn't know. Well, thank you for sharing that, Helena. Um, Absolutely. So being in Israel, do you feel as though that you felt more connected to yourself and your faith? But then again, how much of yourself is rooted in your faith? That you had I to think I became more rooted in my faith in Israel because in high school, especially like middle school and high school, I was actively yeah. going to synagogue and part of my youth group. But this was the first time in my life, especially because half my family's Christian, half is Jewish and the half mm -hmm. that's Jewish lives in France. So it's not like I have that constant familial exposure to Judaism. So this was the first time when I was totally surrounded by Judaism and was able to explore my Jewish identity. And it wasn't figuring out being Jewish in a Christian world. It was being Jewish. And that was the only thing I had to figure out. That's a really good line. I like that a lot. Thank you. 
that is good. You might write that down, put that on a coffee mug or something. So when you, yeah. Um, do you often feel as though I understand that like there's the majority, the, the faith that holds like the majority stockhold in the uh, American culture, American system sort of is coming from um, traditional Christian Catholic um, faiths and ideology. Cause that's kind of what America was founded from. Do you feel as though that as a Jewish person, you know, America is, has a, an, an, an epic sized Jewish population. You feel as though you kind of have to work your way in, or do you feel as though that you can keep your faith within the system? It's really hard to keep your faith within the system. And this mm. isn't to be harsh, but America is a Christian country. Yes. If you think about it, Halloween, Valentine's Day, Christmas, Easter, we those are our major holidays. They're all rooted in Christianity. Mm. You know, I've never had days off for a Jewish holiday. Um, and even this simple level of our Sabbath starts Friday evening. But if you're working until five, how are you going to prepare for the Sabbath that starts at six, True. you know? And so it's really tough, especially when you're trying to be like devout um, or more re religious in the world we're living in, especially as a college student, when partying is happening on Friday night and meetings are happening on Saturday, it's mm. hard to, or football games are happening on Saturday. I don't go to mm. school with a football team, but I figure that's something people deal with. Sure, sure. Um, so sure. it's tough. It's really tough. Um, I was just cross-referencing with our with our mutual friend Calvin, who is who's very Christian in his own right, and he was expressing how on Saturday or sorry Sundays are just no um, work or anything that is deemed like not resting on the day that was that God granted as that resting day until sunset. So like he won't check school emails or. Um, I mean, he doesn't answer his texts at all, but if it was a work text, he wouldn't answer in the first place. So sorry, Calvin, but answer your texts. Um, and so for Judaism, that's Friday night into Saturday night and it's not on Sundays. And so that's some of the like Eurocentric world we're living in is that we have Sundays off here, but for people with Jewish identities, like Friday to Saturday is more important than Sunday. So mm -hmm. I don't know. When you're out in a group of people, let's say in just a mixed identity, mixed uh, religious group, do you feel as though that there are certain, aside from just like certain times of the week, that there are certain things you're like, I can't go along with this because of my faith. I can't eat a cheeseburger. <laughs> Absolutely. You touched on the example that I was going to touch on, which you and I talk about a lot, is that I keep kosher. And so I'm really good about finding kosher options and making sure like, I don't have to change anyone's plan so I can keep kosher, but mm. sometimes there are those limitations. Um, like for example, if someone asks me to go to cheeseburger Mart for, yeah. <laughs> for dinner. Dude, I, I love that place. <laughs> cheeseburger I'll city. Like, I'll be like, I'm sorry, I can't because I keep kosher and there would be literally no food for me to eat. Mm -hmm. And so it's little things like that. Um, so a butter... <laughs> A buttermilk chicken cheeseburger is off the cards. Yeah. And so, uh, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, even for like Jewish holidays. So we just had the high holy days where I don't use any electronics and I'm at synagogue all day. And people don't really understand that. Hmm. And it's just having that base level of knowledge is tough sometimes when people don't have it. And you have to constantly be not only telling people why you're doing things and explaining it, but sometimes you feel the need to defend 
why you're doing things when I shouldn't have to defend my own religious tradition because you don't understand it. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. That's, that's, that's very true. I mean, a lot of times on certain social medias, you know, I go at where I attend university, UCF is no specific denomination of faith, but of course, you know, we make, there are posts that the university will share for, you know, happy Rosh Hashanah. Well, I guess not happy Rosh Hashanah, but there are people um, celebrating, maybe not celebrating. There are people. Rosh Hashanah is a celebration. Okay. Thank you. Yes. For Thank you. I'm, 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 of course. I'm trying to uh, make sure I get my uh, representation <laughs> correct here. That's why I have this. Cause I'm learning along with you, our beloved listeners. <laughs> We're learning in the moment together. Um, yes. But there's sort of, it's in the zeitgeist that, we should, these days are to be acknowledged and respected regardless if you're identifying with them. I am in the same regard of how slowly we've been transitioning to happy holidays instead of just flat out saying Merry Christmas, which I know is some people saying happy holidays is the literal bane of their existence. Um, yes, I roll indeed. <laughs> but it's about respect. It's about making people feel comfortable. It's about making people not being a dick generally expressing that, you know, you can feel comfortable with me. Um, like when teachers wear the uh, lapel ribbons. In this moment, what I meant to refer to was right after the 2016 election, many educators started putting pins on their clothing to signify that they were safe individuals to speak with about bullying or other issues going on within the school. I misspoke when I was referring to ribbons. So with yourself, Helena, you attend St. Louis University, a marvelous, marvelous university, great education. Um, I just looked up UCF is currently number 160 in the nation of public universities. SLU is public? SLU is private. Oh, it is. Oh, then, yes. then, then this joke fell flat. Um, <laughs> I don't know where it falls in the private rankings, but um, SLU is a Catholic university based out of St. Louis, Missouri. Yes, Helena, it is. we just spoke for a good number of minutes about your devout um, conservative Jewish faith. How does it from yourself leaving Israel to come home, to move to a, an amazing multicultural city, but attending a Catholic university, what was it like for yourself? So that was actually, I would say the hardest transition I've had thus far in my 21 years of life is coming from this holy, awesome, holy, like complete, not like holy, um, Jewish lifestyle where I could celebrate the holidays and go to synagogue. And I didn't have to change my schedule to accommodate people because of my religious identity, if that makes sense. Coming to a Christian university where a lot of times people have said to me, I'm the first Jew they've ever met. Mm. And so it was a really tough transition. And I think I'm still transitioning, um, in terms of figuring out what it means for me to be Jewish on this campus that is almost wholly non-accommodating to people of minority religions. And that's not the school's fault and that's not student leaders' fault. It's just the atmosphere on campus. Sure, sure. I mean, most kids, they have to transition. Oh, I'm moving two, two hours away from my parents. Who's going to do my laundry? <laughs> you moved a three-hour plane ride away and <laughs> went to a university that's an entirely different faith um, outside of yours. Wow. Well, that's really interesting. So can you get fish on Fridays there? Um, I haven't tried, but I'm sure you could. <laughs> if, you're, if you really wanted to. If you well, really what's funny to. is um, 
on Ash Wednesday, this always makes me laugh is they have these little nuns that sit outside and do ashes to go. If you don't have time to go to church and they'll give you your <laughs> on your walk to class. And obviously I've never received them, but something about the idea of ashes to go really makes me giggle. Yes. So you found it in, with your transition. Um, of course there are people at St. Louis that I'm certain you found your group of people that are, um, of your faith that you can connect to relate to? Not really. Um, there's a few Jewish students and I have a couple good friends who are Jewish, but there's not a Jewish community, if that makes sense. Hmm. And like my friendships with the people that I've met that are Jewish is not be- because of the Judaism. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like it's not I a can, Jewish community here. I can understand. Or I that. guess there's a small one, but COVID. If anything, that just made it harder. (laughs) Just made it um, harder to get to. So, Helena, um, you did move states away from your hometown of sunny, beautiful Orlando, Florida, where I am based out of. Um, What advice would you give to people if they were they were not only going to a university in a state away, states away, but also if they were having to move to a school of faith that did not align with theirs? I think just staying true to yourself. And that's a value I've held for a long time is always being my most authentic self. Mm -hmm. And I think it didn't, for me, it really didn't matter where I ended up for college. I chose St. Louis University because I have family who went here. I have family who works here and my grandparents are nearby. So I'm able to see them every weekend and have that relationship that's really important to me. But I think the university itself didn't matter to me because I knew I would hold my identity so strongly Um, And I would never compromise my Judaism for anything else, if that makes sense. And like just finding my own way, finding synagogues that I connected to. I attended one synagogue um, for a while and I worked at a different one, you know, and it's just figuring out how I fit in here. Sure, sure. Well, I guess you're fortunate because you're in St. Louis, which is this major metropolitan city gateway to the West, if you will. I guess it'd be a little (laughs) different if you were like, yes, I'm Jewish and I am a student at Brigham Young University. Absolutely. That would be, that might be a little bit of a dynamic shift if it was like a college town. If you were in, if Gainesville was only Scientologists and you went to, (laughs) you went to Florida there. And Helena, you are on the student government there. So not only have you transitioned to a new university many, many states away, but you're also really involved with student government. I am. So right now I serve as one of the student body vice presidents and my official role is vice president of communications and internal affairs. Hmm. And you get your own office, which is where you're doing this interview from. It is where I'm doing this interview from. I actually, I share the office with the executive board, but because of coronavirus. There's only two of us that really use it, maybe three of us that use it often. So it is kind of like having my own office because we never overlap times just because of our schedules. That's pretty, that's pretty sweet. I mean, I wish I had my own office. It's pretty (laughs) nice. I have to do these in the same room where I sleep. (laughs) It's not not a bummer. I got to work here too. Work and sleep here, man. Work and sleep here, man. But you're also involved with the dance team. So you really, I mean, you train, you came into St. Louis university as a freshman coming in um, one year removed, I guess, from when you were supposed to graduate, Mm -hmm. but this sort of plays into, there's a good chance that I'm going to graduate a year, I guess, after when I was supposed to, because of just how things have been playing. Um, I know so many people that were supposed to be part of the class of 2021 
but because of the classes they could take or couldn't take or didn't want to take, they're moving it to fall 21, spring 22. So there's probably going to be a lot of people graduating spring 22. Because they all wanted to catch up with me after my gap year. I know. They're just so <laughs> they're just so jealous of you, Helena. I was like, you know what? Got to graduate. Helena and I, oh, Helena, when we graduated high school, had a joint graduation party. Which, that we did. Which was, I've said it before and I'll say it again, was probably the most, for me personally, like worlds colliding. Because it was just like, and Helena, you had people there too. So it was just like every single like friend group I'd ever been a part of. It was like the Avengers end game of friend groups, but just all in my backyard. It was, yeah, it was, it was, it was a weird dynamic. And I'm hoping since you're graduating a little bit later than expected, we can have another joint yes, graduation party yes. with even more far removed friend groups. We're going to have people from St. Louis. <laughs> We're going to have people from Orlando. We have some from Memphis. From oh my, my gap goodness. year. So if you hear this, when we graduate, if you mention this part of the podcast, <laughs> you get an invite. This is a little uh, Easter egg for anybody who listens this far in. Yeah, so let, let's hope we can have a big cross. Let's hope let's let's just rent out a, a hotel room. I'm sorry, not a hotel ballroom. A hotel <laughs> ball. We're gonna rent a hotel ballroom and just have a whole group of people. Literally every single person we've had a positive interaction with throughout college. That would be silly. That would be really weird to be a part of. Wouldn't it be? Wouldn't it be? But so, so, so yeah. <laughs> So when you came to St. Louis University from um, Israel, did you feel as though that you were maybe a year behind and you had like, oh, I got to catch up? Because you really, in, I mean, you've only been there for, what's it now? Two. This is year? Two and a half. Two and a half. This is my junior year. 2.5? Um, It's weird. It, and it's weirder than I thought it would be. And I've said that a lot this podcast episode, is that I didn't feel behind, but I felt older than the freshman class. And that's not because, oh, I was a year older than them. That's nothing. But I had just lived on my own in a foreign country for a year. And most of these people were coming from a suburb in the Midwest to this Catholic university. And so it was a maturity level um, difference that I started seeing from the beginning. And I obviously, I made friends in the class of 22, 21. You know, I've made friends in all the classes but there was something about coming in, especially in those intro classes when I'd already lived abroad and taken college classes was just a weird power struggle in my head where I had to keep telling myself like, you don't know more than these people, like get your head out of your butt. <laughs> I, I had a similar thought too. Like when I um, transferred into UCF, I was like, you know, I've been here, you know, I've been to college before. This isn't, this isn't my first rodeo, but when you go from like a Valencia college where I was living at home to living in an apartment and having to wake up and go to class, I thought that it'd be an easy transition for me, but I was like, no, I got to learn the ropes here, my man. I got to learn the ropes here. I'm new here. And I made, I made some mistakes along the way. Mm-hmm. I definitely made some and mistakes. I think we along all have. Mm-hmm. But now, okay. I mean, but only one of us on this podcast is student government. Yeah. Team. I came to SLU and I just kind of found my footing places, whether in student government, like I talked about, or I'm president of the hip hop dance team on campus, which is just like a fun outlet. Um, I just came in here and found my people. And something that I learned really quickly is that I don't owe anything to people. So like freshman year, I can attend however many intro club meetings that I want to, but I have no responsibility to go back. So if I go to day one of I don't know, gardening club, 
I don't have to go to day two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True. True. I, I've been there with you sort of where you've kind of felt an obligation to some people. I don't like feeling obligated to people. But in college, I think that went out the window. And I think I wouldn't have learned that if it weren't for my gap year um, where I was able to take time away and I was learning for the sake of learning and just experiencing myself. And there was no end goal, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like I wasn't doing this to further myself in this or get better grades or get into this college. Like it was just just a time to be with myself and with others. Yeah. Yeah. And your major at SLU is social work. Was there something about social work that was that you're really just drawn to that just drew you in beyond just being like, I like helping people? Well, so I took intro to social work second semester freshman year, just kind of on a whim. Um, My aunt is a social worker and I have other social workers in the family. Um, And I just it felt right, which sounds silly, but it's true. I was in that class and I was enjoying doing the readings and the homeworks and the papers And the more I learn in the field of social work, the more I'm drawn to this career and just so passionate and excited. And those are the classes I look forward to going to. And when something like that just clicks, like then you know it's right. You know you're where you're supposed to be. With that, in high school, you were part of the um, teen court, correct? That was the name of it? I was. Is that sort of where you you got sort of your footing of real world experience in working with children and young adults who may need maybe a push in the right direction, maybe some guidance before these things get out of hand. And then they become the people that you're going to have to socially work with to. Yes and no. I, for anyone who's listening, teen court was a program for first time juvenile offenders to get their charge off their record. So essentially they pled guilty and were put in this program and then they had a trial by peers and then they would have to write essays or attend classes in order to get this charge off their record. And so I was actively involved in this program all four years. I interned with them for a summer. I graduated with a scholarship from them. That was my biggest passion point in high school, more so than theater, more so than academics. Like that's where I put all my love and heart into. Um, And I think, yeah, that's where it sparked a passion for this sort of helping career. And I'm still figuring out if I want to go into law and be in the courtroom or work outside of the courtroom, because I was Mm. also in a law magnet in high school where we got that sort of firsthand early lawyer exposure. Um, But I think that solidified me wanting to work with that age group or younger and working in rehabilitation and not just directly to courtrooms and charges and pressing charges and things like that, like working towards rehabilitating people. And that's what social work does. Sure. Sure. So while you've had, I mean, as long as I've known you, as long as we've been friends, you've sort of had a a foot in the pool of working in the public eye and being a positive force in, in others' lives versus theater, which is just all me, 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 <laughs> gimme, gimme, gimme. I want, I have no empathy for other people, but you have all the empathy I don't have, you have. And I think that's why in theater, so I stage managed. And I think that's why I loved that so much because I was doing things for other people. And I don't think that really clicked until I was in college. I was like, why did I like that? Um, really but it was because I, 
I love doing things for other people. And as a stage manager, you are trying to make the actors and the director's lives easier. And that's something that's a passion of mine. And it just kind of clicked actually the other day. So that's actually, that's actually really cool to think about. But as an actor, it was my job to make your life a living hell. It was my, <laughs> I had to be the one that was literally like bringing the hurt so that you could feel when you went to bed at night, you were like, I did, I did good today. <laughs> and then if I went to bed knowing that I caused somebody to have a stress migraine, I was like, I did good today. <laughs> I did my job. Wow. Yes. So Helena, thank you so much for your time today. I, this has been really interesting. Absolutely. Thank you so I, much for having me. <laughs> I appreciate you coming on and taking time out of your busy day for being the SLU, make, make sure I get this correctly, student government vice president and internal affairs Vice President of Communications and Internal Affairs. Dang. Yeah, can so I, my role is kind of twofold. Can I be the unofficial official ambassador to the University of Central Florida? Sure. Thank you. <laughs> Just be like, hey, guys, look at this video. This guy on the Jumbotron. <laughs> I know this guy. You think, think that'll fly? I think that'll fly. I can send a couple emails, make things happen. Oh, Helena, you got, I got, I got a man on the inside working for me. I got a man on the inside. Well, Helena, again, I can't say thank you enough for coming on here and um, sharing your experience with uh, university, with your faith, with your experiences through faith. I I know, I mean, I've known you for, as I said at the start, closer to 10 years than not. I think, what year is this? Seven? We're going on on year eight. eight. Yowza magowza. We're going on year eight. (laughs) year eight and i'm still learning new stuff about you yeah so, it's kind of so, kooky isn't it host a podcast and ask your friends questions that's the best way to find <laughs> out that's the best way to find stuff out um for sure for sure well again helena thank you so much so please if you have anything to plug share your social media um your dance team if they do anything let um, me know oh it's kind of silly i'm i'm not a big like plug my social media kind of person i have a private account anyways so it's not like my follower count will go up with a single plug um but and my dance team isn't doing anything right now because of coronavirus we actually are just starting to figure out how we can have practice so yeah if you want to follow slew exquisite s-l-u X-Q-U-I-Z-I-T. That's our dance team. If you just want to see me do hip hop, which is funny to imagine if you haven't seen it. <laughs> They're good. I, I've seen their videos. I've seen videos of their uh, their concerts. They're good. Well, then I'll make a fan page in your honor and it'll be fans of Helena Cooper on Alex's podcast. And it'll <laughs> just be photos of you from like really far distances. Yeah, I hope, um, I hope I get a fan page after this episode. You will get a fan page. Or it could be literally the funniest thing in the history of comedy is when like snapchat first came out with the zoom feature and you would zoom in on someone and then say their name what you remember that not at all you don't remember that no that was like the funniest thing for a while <laughs> was like zoom was like zooming in on someone that isn't paying attention to being like helena and then they'd look at you and you're like oh my are you recording me <laughs> you don't remember that we should bring okay. that back we should i'm going to i've decided i think snapchat is slowly dying I think people are getting fed up with it. I'm just getting fed up with all social media. I know I know, we kind of wrap things up, but I'm going to continue talking for a second. <laughs> I think that um, social media is slowly going the way of the dodo. Like I think people are realizing like how just crap it is for just everything. And that's kind of my mindset on social media and what it's always been is I've never 
been worried about like how well my post is doing or what time I should be posting or should. And I'm sure you can attest to this. Like I kind of post, like I use Instagram the most, like I'll post whatever I want. And like, I'm not worried about, Oh, she posted twice this week or things like that. That's never something I've been attracted to in terms of social media. And I think that's why I like it is because I've made it what I want it to be. And I don't like base any of my self-esteem or anything like that on my social media. That's yeah. That's how, how it should be. That's how it should be. I agree. I like Instagram too. Um, but it's it sort of, you know, you, as a, as a actor, you know, we kind of have to use social media as like twofold as in like, Hey, this is my profile. Like, this is me. I'm Alex. Hire me for your job. Look at me. I talk about good stuff and post good photos, but then it's also like, what if I want to post a picture of me eating a biscotti? Can I do that? <laughs> I think you can. I would support it. Okay. Well, Helena, your support means the world to me. So again, Helena, I want to say for the third and final time, thank you so much for being on here. It's been a pleasure being your friend closer to 10 years. Here's to the 10 after that. And thank you for listening at home. You guys are the best. And I'll see you next time. Again, thank you to Helena for such an interesting conversation. You know, you know people for such a long time, but there's always new things to learn about them. And that's why I appreciate having friends who are so open to such great conversations about personal subjects. So thank you again for listening and see you guys very, very soon.